Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Today's story is Snoring Beauty as told by Nanny Piggins. Here we go. Once upon a time, a princess was born, and she was the most beautiful baby anyone had ever seen, said Nanny Piggins. I thought you didn't approve of superficial judgments based on appearances, said Derek. I don't, said Nanny Piggins. For humans, humans have so many other features you can judge them on, like whether they're a great big galoot or a really aggravating nincompoop. Physical appearances should never come into your judgment of a person. But wasn't this princess a person, asked Michael. No, said Nanny Piggins. I said she was the most beautiful baby anyone had ever seen. The children just stared at their nanny, their brows creased as they struggled to understand her reasoning. So naturally she was a pig, said Nanny Piggins. Oh, said the children, finally catching on. Her eyes twinkled, her skin glistened, and her cute little trotters wiggled, said Nanny Piggins. She looked good enough to eat, suggested Derek. How dare you, denounced Nanny Piggins. We will have no talk of eating bacon or pork in this house. Sorry, Nanny Piggins, apologised Derek. She looked good enough to cuddle, said Nanny Piggins, giving Derek one last firm glare. The king and queen were incredibly proud, continued Nanny Piggins. They wanted to show off their baby to everybody. So they threw a party. Naturally, they were hoping to get really good gifts, so they had to be careful about the guest list. What do you mean, asked Samantha? Well, every family has one of those delinquent relatives who give terrible gifts, said Nanny Piggins. The cheap ones who give you a second-hand book off their own bookshelf. Or worse, the ones who give a poor child in Africa a goat on your behalf. Isn't it nice to help poor people in Africa, said Samantha. Yes, but I want a goat too, said Nanny Piggins. Give them goats on their own birthdays. On my birthday, I want my own goat. They had clearly stumbled on a sensitive subject for Nanny Piggins, so Derek encouraged her to move the story along. So they invited nice guests, prompted Derek. Yes, said Nanny Piggins. They invited all the fairies in the land, which is very clever when you think about it, because fairies are magical, so they're not going to get you some lousy gift card to the nearest stationery shop. No, they'll magic up something really good. And as it turns out, the royal couple were 100% correct. As the fairies arrived, they were all so enchanted by the beautiful little baby piglet that they magicked up the best present they could imagine. Dancing slippers that would make her be a spectacular ballerina. A comb that would make her hair perfect every single day, even if she forgot to wash it for three weeks. A pure white pony that picked up its own poo and smelled of lavender bath salts. The king and queen were over the moon. Their plan was working brilliantly. Until an uninvited guest arrived. She was a bad fairy. I didn't know there was such thing as bad fairies, said Michael. Oh, yes, said Nanny Piggins, but you don't hear about them much because they're too cheap and miserly to pay for a good publicist. What do bad fairies do, asked Samantha? 
Well, you know how tooth fairies give children money in exchange for teeth, said Nanny Piggins. Yes, said the children. It's disgusting and unhygienic, and I'm pretty sure it must violate about a hundred medical waste disposal regulations, said Nanny Piggins. And just think about it. They're the good fairies, the ones who take children's teeth. So the bad ones are really, really bad. How bad, asked Derek. Have you ever been walking along when suddenly you trip? And when you look down, there's nothing there, asked Nanny Piggins. The children nodded. That is the work of a bad fairy, said Nanny Piggins. They use magic to lift up paving stones, then pull them back down again to make people think they're too stupid to even walk. Well, that's not too bad, said Michael. Not too bad, exclaimed Nanny Piggins. Do you know how many wrists get broken worldwide as the result of people tripping over nothing? A lot, guessed Samantha. 78,000 last year alone, said Nanny Piggins. And the worst part is, they enjoy it. These bad fairies love the sound of bones cracking, flesh squelching, and people sobbing in pain. It's music to their ears. So naturally, not ideal guests at a christening party. And because she had not been invited, this bad fairy was in a very bad mood, said Nanny Piggins. She spat in the punch bowl, knocked the cucumber sandwiches on the floor and purposefully stood on the Queen's toe, which was just spiteful because the Queen had a corn on that toe, so it really hurt. Just when the King and Queen thought things couldn't get any worse, the bad fairy spotted the baby. Oh, let me see the little weeny baby, cried the bad fairy. You won't hurt her, will you? asked the queen nervously. She desperately wanted to throw the fairy out, but when the guards saw that the bad fairy was stomping on toes, they'd all pretended they needed to go to the toilet at once so she wouldn't stomp on them. I won't hurt the icky witty bitty baby, said the bad fairy. I just want to give her a present. Common sense should have told the king and queen to forget it, said Nanny Piggins. They should have crash-tackled the bad fairy right then and there and dragged her out of the castle themselves. But the problem was, the king and queen were greedy. Like many people who are incredibly rich and have everything, they only wanted more. Because they knew better than anyone how lovely it was to have lovely things. As soon as they heard the word present, they wanted that present. After all, the bad fairy had already spat in the punch bowl, so they felt they'd earned a present from her. All right, then, said the queen. The bad fairy made her way over to the bassinet and peered inside at the perfectly perfect little bundle of pink baby inside. The beautiful baby looked up at her wicked face, and because babies have no ability to control depth perception at that age, she smiled. The bad fairy smiled back, but hers was a nasty smile. The smile of someone about to do something unfathomably naughty. I curse you so that with one prick of your finger you will fall into the deepest sleep for a hundred years, said the bad fairy. Everyone was shocked and horrified. The bad fairy cackled evilly ah, 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 and disappeared in a puff of smoke. The king and queen did not know what to do. They may have been silly, but they loved their baby so much. They had to protect her. They ordered it that all needles and pins be removed from the castle but they still lay awake at night worrying. So they also ordered that all needles and pins should be banished from the entire city. And after that, the whole kingdom. People's pants were falling down everywhere. Socks were full of holes and no shirt had more than half its buttons because no one could do any sewing. But the baby was all right. And the people didn't mind their pants falling down and their shirts flapping open because the baby grew up to be so beautiful 
and kind and really good at solving mechanical problems, so she was forever fixing people's washing machines and lawnmower engines. The people of the kingdom just loved her. And over the years, they found that with superglue and gaffer tape, you really didn't need sewing after all. Eventually, the princess grew up into a beautiful young woman. At the age of 18, she had beautiful long blonde hair, kind eyes and freakishly awesome wrist strength, so she was forever being called upon to open jam jars for the elderly. The world was her oyster. She could have done anything she wanted. Unfortunately, the one thing she really wanted was... To sew, asked Samantha... No, said Nanny Piggins. To get a flu injection, asked Michael. No, said Nanny Piggins. Then what was it, asked Derek. The one thing she really wanted was to get her ears pierced. Why, asked Samantha. Earrings look nice, but not nice enough to fall into a sleep for a hundred years for. Well, you see, the king and queen, like so many super powerful oligarchs, had absolutely no common sense. Zero. Zilch. Nada, said Nanny Piggins. To protect the princess, they had decided to never tell her about the curse. But that's just silly, said Derek. I know, said Nanny Piggins. But have you ever noticed how many fairy tales are caused by people in a position of power being very silly indeed? Derek, Samantha and Michael ran through all the fairy tales they knew about in their heads and they had to concede this was true of pretty much all of them. So the princess had no idea what the potential ramifications of getting an earring might be, said Nanny Piggins. She just thought it'd be cool to have a skull and crossbones dangling from her earlobe. Obviously, there was nowhere in her kingdom she could get it done because of the no needles or pins law, so she decided to visit the next kingdom over. She saddled her horse and rode off into the forest. The princess had just ridden a long way through the thick trees when she came across a meadow, and there in the meadow was the bad fairy. Oh no, that's a terrible coincidence, said Samantha. I know, said Nanny Piggins. The princess had no memory of her own christening, so she called out to her, Excuse me, madam, can you tell me the way to the nearest ear-piercing salon? I can indeed, said the bad fairy, and it just so happens that I am a qualified ear-piercer. She was, asked Michael. No, silly, she was a wicked liar, explained Nanny Piggins. Oh, said Michael. I just so happen to have a rusty nail handy, continued the bad fairy. I can pierce your ears right now. And before the princess had time to say, no, thank you, or do you have any detail you could dip that nail in first, the bad fairy had jumped up and jammed the nail in her ear. A wave of exhaustion washed over the princess. What's happening to me, she asked. You're going to Betty Bye time, said the bad fairy gleefully. That'll teach you to not invite me to your christening. But I had no input on the guest list, yawned the princess. Tough, said the bad fairy. And with that, the princess collapsed in the meadow into a deep sleep. Now one day, many years later, Neville was riding through the forest, said Nanny Piggins. Ooh, was he a prince, asked Samantha. Well, yes, actually he was. How did you know, asked Nanny Piggins. Princes seemed to spend a lot of time riding around the forest in the olden story days, said Samantha. Was he looking for a princess, asked Michael. No, actually, he was looking for somewhere quiet, said Nanny Piggins. You see, Prince Neville couldn't stand all the usual princely duties. Eventually, he knew he'd have to become a king, but until then, he wanted to do something useful with his time, so he was studying to become a doctor. The problem was that Neville had nine younger brothers and sisters, so there was never a moment of peace and quiet in his castle. So he had ridden out into the forest to find a nice, quiet spot to read. 
This actually took him a while because most forest isn't as comfortable as it looks. It looks nice in pictures, but when you actually sit on it, the ground is damp, the fallen logs are full of bitey insects, and the plants have prickles. So Neville rode deeper and deeper into the forest, until eventually he came to a lovely spot by the riverbank, with thick grass and lovely warm sunshine. He got down from his horse, took out his books, and was just about to start work when he heard it. Heard what? asked Derek. A dreadful noise, said Nanny Piggins. At first he thought it was a helicopter coming into land, which was ridiculous because internal combustion engines hadn't been invented yet, let alone helicopters. Then he wondered if it was an avalanche. It was definitely loud and the ground was shaking, but there were no mountains nearby and you can't have an avalanche without mountains. So Neville went in search of the sound. Why didn't he just run away if it was such a terrible noise? Ah, you don't understand because you only have two siblings and they're quite nice. But trust me, as a pig with 13 identical 14-uplet sisters, all of whom are evil, said Nanny Piggins, finding a quiet, peaceful spot is a joy that cannot be underestimated. No, Neville had finally found a nice place to read and he was going to make whatever it was that was making that noise go away instead of him. He was very determined for a prince, but it was no easy task. As he walked towards the sound, the forest got thicker. The bushes denser, the trees taller, and everything was darker. Eventually, he came to a clearing, and in the middle of the clearing was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. The princess, exclaimed Michael. He couldn't help himself. He was getting sucked into the romance of the story. Yes, the beautiful princess, said Nanny Piggins. And she was making the most horrendous noise he had ever heard. She was snoring. What? exclaimed the children. This had not been mentioned in the other versions of Sleeping Beauty they'd heard about. She sounded like a chainsaw that was being used to hack to death a set of bagpipes, said Nanny Piggins. It was the most utterly dreadful cacophony ever heard before or since. And yet he fell in love with her at first sight anyway, asked Samantha. Of course not, said Nanny Piggins. The poor man was seriously concerned that he was about to get industrial deafness. Romance was the furthest thing from his mind. But Neville was a doctor in training and his doctor instincts kicked in. He knew that snoring can be a symptom of sleep apnea. So Neville hurried forward to see if the princess needed any medical attention. When he got to her side, she did that thing that people sometimes do when they're snoring. Mid-snore, she suddenly snorted loudly, then stopped. Sort of like... (laughs) Now you have to remember that Neville was only a medical student, not a fully qualified doctor yet, so he wasn't sure what had happened to her. He hadn't got to the chapter in his medical book on how to treat princesses in an enchanted sleep yet. He thought she'd suddenly stopped breathing. And Neville did know what you're supposed to do when someone stops breathing. Call an ambulance, guessed Michael. Well, he could hardly do that, said Nanny Piggins. Telephones nor ambulances had been invented yet. They didn't even have hospitals back in the olden story days. So even if there had been telephones and ambulances, they would have just picked her up and driven round and round the block. And what good would that have done? So what did he do, asked Samantha? He decided to commence CPR, said Nanny Piggins. Cardiopulmonary resuscitation, asked Derek. He had been forced to learn how to do this himself at swim school. He hadn't enjoyed it. He hadn't imagined that his first kiss would be with an armless, legless plastic mannequin. Oh, the kiss of life, nodded Michael knowingly. Precisely, said Nanny Piggins. He took a firm pinch of her nose, leaned over and clamped his lips over the princesses. But he never got a chance to breathe out because she instantly woke up. The spell had been broken. And she fell in love with him at first sight, asked Samantha. 
No, she slapped him hard across the face, said Nanny Piggins. She immediately apologised profusely. She hadn't meant to, but she had studied women's self-defence at the PCYC and she just reacted reflexively. Then he fell in love, guessed Derek. Well, no, said Nanny Piggins, not straight away. You see, the princess had slapped Neville rather hard and his nose started to bleed. And at the first sight of blood, his knees went to water and he fainted dead away. Now, you have to understand that the princess had no idea what was going on. She'd been asleep this whole time. As far as she knew, she was on her way to get ears pierced when she drifted off. But as she leaned over the prince and looked into his face and saw how kind he looked, if rather pale at that moment, she fell in love. So she leaned over and very gently gave him a kiss on his forehead. Neville's eyes flickered open and the princess said, I do. Do what? asked Neville. I do accept your marriage proposal, said the princess. But I didn't propose, said the prince. I know, said the princess, but I am a royal princess and kissing one of us is the same as proposing. I didn't kiss you. I was rendering first aid, said Neville. What, with your lips, asked the princess. It's a genuine life-saving technique, argued Neville. Ha, you're not getting out of it with that excuse, said the princess firmly. And he didn't, said Nanny Piggins. But it didn't take long for Neville to realise he didn't want to. While it is wise to be wary of marrying someone stunningly good-looking, if you do ever find someone who can fix a washing machine themselves, then you have to snap them up right away. And so they all lived happily ever after. All the appliances in the kingdom were excellently maintained and everyone had the very best medical care. The end. Time for bed. Thank you for listening. To support this podcast, just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from, from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. Uh, to buy them, you can just go to your local bookstore and they'll be able to order them in for you. Or you can go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They have all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.